Hello and welcome to the 21st episode of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor of iPhoneLife.com. And I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief of iPhone Life Magazine. And I'm Marianne Taylor, Associate Editor of iPhone Life Magazine. So we have a really great show for you today. We're going to talk, tell you some cool tips for your iPhone. We're going to talk about things that bother us with our own iPhones. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and then we're going to cover some interesting news. And finally, Rayanne is going to teach us how to take awesome macro photos on our iPhones. So let's get started. First of all, let's start with tips. We have this awesome newsletter called the uh, Tip of the Day, where basically we send you a free iPhone or iPad tip every day to your email inbox. Um, and Donna is going to tell you what her favorite tip was this week. So going into your settings on your iPhone can be really annoying sometimes because uh, it's hard to find what you're looking for, or at least for me, I've had that experience. But with iOS 9, Apple created an update where you can search your settings. So if you just... Search bars are awesome. Yeah. So all you have to do is open your settings app, and if you just swipe down, you'll it'll reveal a search bar at the top. So for instance, I can never find location services. It's in <laughs> privacy, but uh, I always forget that. So if you just type in location services, it'll take you right there, and you don't need to like go into different menus and try to find it. That's the most annoying thing about search is having to go to all those submenus too. Yeah. So even if you know where it is, just searching for it makes it so much faster. Just makes it faster. Under general, too, there's a bunch of stuff that you yeah. forget what's in there. At least I do. I do, too. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Donna. So if you like the idea of getting a daily tip, you can subscribe to them at iphonelife.com slash daily tip. Thank you, Donna. I always forget those. <laughs> Teamwork. You are awesome. Yay. So we also have something called the iPhone Life Insider Program, which basically we send you the tip of the day, but you also get it in video form, which is really handy to help you follow along. You get access to the current issue of the magazine as well as all of our digital archives. There's certain things about iOS that aren't necessarily appropriate for tips, like they're just much more complicated than a quick iPhone tip we cover. So we have in-depth iOS guides that the insiders can access. And we also have something called the Ask an Editor, where basically you get to send your iPhone questions. You don't have to wait for a tip to answer your question. You can just email us directly and mm -hmm. someone, usually me, will get back <laughs> to you and tell you what to do. And so you can subscribe for that at iphonelife.com insider. So I'm going to share my favorite insider question from this week. Um, this is from Anton. And he asks, can you please tell me how do I recover deleted notes in the notes app on an iPad? Um, thanks from Anton. And uh, the reason I really liked this question is because I didn't know the answer. And that's, <laughs> so I yeah, I'm just thinking right now, huh, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, there is a recently deleted folder in notes and I don't know how new that is. I think it might be pretty new. So huh. just like in the huh. photos, app, um, there's a recently deleted album, and anytime you delete photos, basically they stay in that folder for 30 days before they're permanently deleted. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same thing in notes. So if you delete a note and then realize, oh wait, I needed that, you can go to the recently deleted photo, uh, sorry, recently deleted notes uh, folder, and you can select the note you wanted to undelete, and then move it back to the folder where you want it to be. And that way, you don't have to lose those notes when you accidentally delete them. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know about that. I know. It's great. I love learning new things about the iPhone because I feel like it happens less and less for me as I have to write all these tips. Or Yeah, Sarah's definitely our resident expert at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to be able to send your own questions, um, just go to iphonelife.com slash insider and subscribe. All right. Speaking of learning things, then there's also complaints. Um, Donna, I think you said you learned something cool about your iPhone that you could do with your iPhone recently. Yes, I know. I wanted to, this is our new section of the podcast where we talk about learning and also problems that we're having with our phone. And usually I have lots of complaints, but this one is actually a little more positive. Um, so I recently went to India and it was the first international trip I've done in a, quite a while. So I was trying to figure out what to do about my iPhone coverage because 
I figured I would really need my phone while I was gone. And I'm really glad that I figured something out because I, it definitely saved me. Um, so I have the iPhone 6S, which is now unlocked. Um, like the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus, anyone who has that, it's you're no longer tied to one carrier anymore, which is great if you're someone who likes to travel um, because you can easily get SIM cards and uh, right. therefore have access to other networks. So I called up Verizon because I wanted to see if that was my best option. And what I ended up doing is actually um, getting an international calling plan through Verizon, which was a little bit pricier than just getting a new SIM card in India, but it was easy and that all I had to do was talk to the representative, sign up for the, just the time that I was gone, and that gave me, uh, I think it was 200 minutes to talk and text and also a certain amount of data. Nice. Um, so basically when I was in India, as soon as I got there, I had great coverage the whole time I was there and I had to use it sparingly, but I didn't have to go through the process of finding a place to buy a SIM card. And that can actually be a big deal. Like you get there yeah. and then what do you do? You, it's like you're without service until you can find a SIM card. And, and I've talked to a few people who have had a hard time getting the SIM card. Like you have to get a photo of your passport and go through some different verifications. So it's not like for sure that you'll be able to get it right away. So that ended up being great for me. Um, but it is also great to know that if you have a new iPhone model, you can just without doing anything with your carrier beforehand, you can find a place that sells a SIM card, open up your iPhone. It's like a little slot on the right-hand side. Make sure you have like a little paperclip or something. Yeah, because there's like a little hole that you put the, the end of the paperclip in and switch out SIM cards. And a lot of times there that, you know, it's just very cheap to get a new SIM card and then you'll be able to use your phone in another country. But so. it is important to know what size, like, like, isn't it a nano SIM card? Yes, it is important to know. And since I didn't go that route, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got to get the right we'll size need to look that up. <laughs> SIM card before, uh, or you, you know, because I think if you, some, some iPhones have micro, SD cards mm. or SIM cards, sorry. And you want, I think for the iPhone, you want the nano SIM card. And if I'm wrong, please email me at podcast at iphonelife.com and tell me how wrong I am and I'll admit it on the next right. show. <laughs> and we each each week we have a blog post for our podcast and we'll also put a link to more information about that. And that's iphonelife.com slash podcast. Right. And so. that should be up shortly after the podcast is available on iTunes, so this week, in a day or two. Yep. So So, that was my learning this week. Sarah, what about you? Learning or complaints? uh, It's a bit of a complaint, and it's not really Apple's fault. It's more um, to do with third-party apps. I was watching a show on the Amazon Prime Video app, and then, and so I spent a lot of time using that app, and it has this thing, I think it's called X-Ray, where if you tap the screen, you can see information about the actors that are on screen mm-hmm. and little sort of like trivia tidbits and like information about the music. And it's really easy to go 10 seconds forward or back. Isn't this like your favorite thing? I, I, I love it. And, and also, if you like switch away from the app and then you come back, it just automatically starts playing again. You don't have to press play. Um, so it makes it really easy to like stalk your favorite actors and learn more about them. <laughs> well, actually, my favorite part is that Every time you, you know, if you binge watch a TV show, every TV show has its little intro part. And after the first few shows that you watch in a row, you're a little mm-hmm. tired of that intro. And Except for with House, House of Cards. I never get sick of the intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I usually get sick of all intros. But the nice thing about the Amazon app is you can tap that 10 second thing a few times and just skip it and go oh, right to nice. the show. Oh. And I didn't realize, but now I'm watching binge watching a show on Netflix, and it doesn't have that option to skip 10 seconds forward. You can skip 10 seconds back, um, and it doesn't have the X-ray thing, and it doesn't automatically start playing. And they're very that's a really small details, but it's really annoying me. That is annoying. It's like you go to press the button and it's just not there. <laughs> yeah, and and I have to like. It just shows like how sort of lazy I am, but I'm like, oh my god, I have to press play, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, so that that's is... my complaint. You know, come on, Netflix, get it together. <laughs> yeah, improve your app. All right. So now let's talk about the news. Um, I guess apparently they're saying that the Apple Watch Two might not be released this spring. It might come out in September. Have you guys heard yeah. anything about that? 
I have heard about it, and I, I'm, I'm a little bit confused. I feel like, it, you know, Apple's usual release cycle is once a year, and what I'm hearing about the updates for the Apple Watch 2 is nothing so groundbreaking that I feel like it should be delayed longer. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, we've been hearing that that uh, really production hasn't started yet on the Apple Watch 2 from insider sources and so that it shouldn't be ready by April and that September is looking more realistic. Interesting. Do you think it's because they're trying to get it to be cooler before they release it or they're trying to get, you know, sell more of the current model? Do you have any, do you have you heard anything about why they might do that? No, what I've heard more is just about the production cycle not like it should be in full swing by now if it is going to be ready in time and that that's not the case. Interesting. But um, what have you guys heard about like what the Apple Watch 2 will have? What new features it will have? I've heard possibly sleep tracking. Uh, that would be cool. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really been I don't know. I don't I'm haven't Sorry. Ryan guys. <laughs> does not wear her Apple Watch. She's not an Apple Watch lover. <laughs> no. And she's not alone. <laughs> But yeah. um, I've heard that it that it's gonna have a FaceTime camera. That seems to be a pretty consistent one, which seems cool. But it also, you know, I don't know how much I would use that really. My problem is, like, if you're making a call on your Apple Watch, which I sometimes do in the car, um, it, if you have to hold your wrist up so they can see your face, your wrist is gonna get really tired really quickly. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, true. I can't quite see how that seems like an exciting. Also, you'd have to, to like extend yeah. your arm so that you know, because yeah. otherwise they're gonna to see get a good view, like not like up your nose. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I that just seems like if they do do that, it's like it seems pointless. Do you use calling much on your Apple Watch anyway? No, the only times I use it are like if I'm in the car because I can keep my hand on the steering wheel. Yeah, um, or if. I'm away from my phone and I want to not miss the call, but then I usually hand it over to my phone as soon as I reach it. Yeah, it's nice for receiving calls. Like I hardly ever initiate a call on my phone. I never do. Because it's not yeah. as convenient. Like the sound quality is not quite as good. It takes a while to connect. But like sometimes if I'm around the house and I get a call, it's it helps me not miss it, which is nice. Right. Yeah. If I need to contact someone from my watch, I usually dictate a text. Yeah. Do, do we know if the size is going to be any different? Are they going to be smaller models? <laughs> Part of the reason Rayanne doesn't like the Apple this Watch is a loaded is, question. Is because she has like the smallest wrists on the planet. She and, does, and so the the smaller version of the Apple Watch looked like she had like an iPhone strapped to her wrist. Guys, I'm trying really hard to be into the Apple Watch. I'll, I'm going to work a little harder on that. <laughs> She's like, maybe I could wear it around my ankle and it wouldn't look so weird. That would be funny. It would be interesting to see how the heart rate sensor went. Yeah. You must have really small ankles also. <laughs> I, I, I tried it on and it does fit. On uh, oh my ankle. God. <laughs> I want you to do that just so I can see what, hear what the results are for fitness tracking. That would be interesting. Yeah. The other thing I've heard is that the Apple Watch will have an improved battery, the Apple Watch 2, which I think is really important. Like yeah. right now, sometimes it doesn't even make it through the day if you're using, like, especially fitness tracking goes through a battery right. really fast. Yeah, the more active I am, the faster yeah. the battery goes down. Because it's doing the continuous heart rate tracking and that just... Yeah, even if I don't turn on a workout, you know, if I, like if I just am just being active, it just seems to drain the battery faster. I've also heard some rumors about more more fitness um, and medical potentially medical um, sensors being added, but I haven't heard anything specific about what that could be. But um, that seems like something that would be substantial enough maybe to delay the release. Hmm. But, yeah, if um, they need like FDA approval, it seems like once you veer into medical equipment territory, yeah, then you have to go through more rigorous approval process. Yeah. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on the release date because I'm, I'm still hoping for April. I'm hoping that this is not a rumor that's true. <laughs> Are you planning to get the next version of the Apple Watch? I mean, I guess it really depends what all it has to offer. Um, if it did have better fitness tracking and if it could do more standalone functions that without being tethered to the iPhone, which actually is another thing that I've heard, then I might, it might be worth it. But mm. for the FaceTime camera or even an improved battery, I probably wouldn't get Yeah, I'm one. pretty happy with my Apple Watch as it is. Yeah, me too. So, so um, I've also... Ran is notably silent there. <laughs> <laughs> if they made it smaller, maybe she'd be into it. Right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> 
So I'm guessing that means you also like four-inch iPhones. <laughs> I really like the smaller iPhones. I really do. I was so so bummed. does Tyler, my husband. I was so bummed that the iPhone six and six S were like so much bigger. They are harder well, to hold in your hand if you have a smaller hand. So if we do get a, a smaller iPhone, like that's another rumor that oh. maybe that would be for you. Yes, there that you would go. be. Yeah, awesome. The iPhone six C. So now there's also another rumor out there that would affect people who have Apple TVs, um, which is that Apple might be buying Time Warner. What have you heard about that, Donna? I feel like this is pretty big news because, I mean, I love the new Apple TV and it's great, but um, until Apple has a TV streaming service, it's still going to be a little bit clunky. Like it's annoying if you have a cable provider, you have to enter in all these passwords in order to get... um, to get the apps for like HBO or different different channels to work, mm, yeah. Um, so Apple for a few years, it's been rumored that Apple would have a service that would maybe have like twenty five or thirty channels that you would get for a set amount per month, maybe like thirty or forty dollars, and that way you would just have one monthly payment, get the channels you want, and that would be awesome. But Apple hasn't been able to make agreements with different content providers. So right. if it would make sense that if Apple did buy Time Warner, that right there would get them access to CNN, HBO, um, TBS, NBA, Cartoon Network. And so that would already give them like a substantial offering for their streaming service. That would be so great because I, it's really annoying. Like the streaming services really add up. and Yeah. And then you have to kind of manage all those payments. And I mean, that is one advantage of cable is just being able to pay one bill you know? Yeah. So I feel like right now people who have cable, it's just not a, it's not a very intuitive way to use your Apple TV having to enter the passwords. And for people who don't have cable, they have to decide how many different services they want to pay for. Like, right. And yeah, but either way, it's not that awesome. So I think it would be, I think it'd be pretty cool if Apple does buy Time Warner, but, um, apparently, uh, Fox and 18, wait, it's AT&T, yeah. Yeah, Fox and AT&T are also interested from what we hear. So. So. Well, we'll keep you posted on what happens. This will be interesting. Yeah, it will be. So now there's – I was wondering if either of you had experienced this. Uh, apparently, there's a bug in the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus where the battery indicator, when you cross a time zone, the battery indicator is not accurately reflect, reflecting like what your actual battery charge is. Um, have either so of you strange. traced that? Like, Rayanne just went to CES in Las Vegas, and you were in India. I didn't notice this problem personally. No, hmm. no neither have I, but I guess Apple has admitted to it. So yep, they've acknowledged it, and they've, it's a real thing. They've posted a fix on their website, which I'm going to bring up on my phone so I can tell you. I'll, I'll put the, uh, um, the link to the Apple support page for this. If you are having this problem, I'll put the link on our mm. podcast, iphonelife.com slash podcast blog post. So um, Apple recommends that you restart your iPhone and then you go to settings, general, date and time. You could probably also just search date and time and end up yes. in the same place. And then make sure that set automatically is turned on. And um, so they're going to give a fix. But in the meantime, that's what you should try according to Apple. Unrelated battery issue. Um my husband's been having the issue just that whenever his phone gets cold, which right now it's freezing in Fairfield, which we're all dealing with, um, but anytime he gets cold, his phone just shows that he has no battery and it dies. And then as soon as it gets warm again, it'll go back to the battery level that it actually is and will turn yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, iPhones are actually only function in a pretty small temperature range. They don't really function well below 32 degrees or I can't remember what the maximum temperature is. But basically, if you would be really uncomfortable, your iPhone probably is too. So it's actually a good idea if you're out. This is making me question where I live. (laughs) Yeah, really. Um, It's actually a good idea if you're out in the cold weather to keep your iPhone in an internal pocket to keep so that it doesn't get too cold. Because really, like, it's hard on your battery anyway, like the battery life, to be exposing it to extreme temperatures. So really, Tyler just needs to get, like, an iPhone sweater. (laughs) 
<laughs> they do uh, have sure. Do they really? <laughs> well, they have like little iPhone jackets from um. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Shiva talks about them a lot. <laughs> oh right, the, the Scott Evas. Yeah. Shiva, he's our senior gear editor, and so he knows all. He knows all the most obscure <laughs> accessories. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's. I always thought of them as a jacket you would wear when you were traveling and you want to like carry all of your different cables and mm-hmm. gadgets and. And also, if you have, like, an inspector gadget fetish, I don't know. But, yes, Scotty Vest. <laughs> there was even one at CES that I guess they made where you can actually fit your laptop into the jacket. So that was pretty impressive. Oh <laughs> I think at some point I would just want to get a computer bag, personally. I feel like that whoever's doing that is, like, out of control. Putting <laughs> a jacket, stowing there. Oh, man. But it would be convenient. <laughs> All right. So um, have you guys been using any cool apps this week? Uh, okay, so there is this app that I've used recently, and it's called StoryCores, and um, it's like an interviewing app, which I was really excited about because I've been wanting to like interview my, my, my parents and my grandparents and everything. And so I tried this app out, and it like already has like all of these questions compiled, and then you get to pick the questions that you want put into your list um, of like you know these questions that you can ask, and then you just slide through them during the interview, and you can even like save your favorite parts of the interview so that later you don't have to like listen to the whole thing all over again. Oh nice. Which was really exciting. I really I really liked this app. The only problem that I've had is that I can't save the interviews directly to like my phone or to the computer. Like they're saved in the app. And I guess a lot of people have had this problem like where they've tried. Oh. And so that's the only complaint I have against it right now but an interviewing app like sounds really exciting to me so i'm going to start looking share around function so you right. can save it right so that was really cool um and i've had i've been having a lot of fun with that lately so does it it basically lets you create an audio recording of your video is that yes. i mean of your interview yes yes um, have you tried running voice memos um at the same time um, no, I haven't uh, tried that. That's not something that like really crossed my mind. I've only mm-hmm. really used the app like one time and it was when I was like interviewing my grandparents. And since then I haven't tried it again. So I figured out after that whole process that, oh, okay, I have some trouble getting this saved. Um, it makes you somehow like upload it to, to their um, system. Which right, yeah, I read a little bit about this app and it sounded cool in that it's like the part of their intention in creating it is to gather like a history of people, right. I don't know, but um, was it like the Library of Congress or right. something where you could submit your interview and mm-hmm. it would be I mean, I love that wild. idea of interviewing your elderly relatives and really like learning about their lives, like the details and their history, you know, because... I feel like it's pretty easy to just be like, oh, it's just grandpa. But, you know, there's this whole interesting history, I think, that. Yeah, and it was totally. It was so fun because they were just, they like prompted you to ask questions that I would have never thought to ask before. And so, like, these questions that I was like asking my grandparents and these stories that I was able to hear, it was really cool. Um, If nothing else, it's just a great app for like figuring out, you know, some questions that you can ask your family and friends and stuff. So, what was your grandparents? response to you wanting to interview them because this is something I've thought about a little bit but I feel like I don't know whether they would like it or whether they'd feel put on the spot Hmm. you know I've actually I've actually done this two different ways um I I when I asked my grandpa with the story app like I could tell he was noticeably like very nervous during the entire thing and so he wasn't answering (laughs) like in the most honest authentic way so I I did realize there's that problem and then there's been some times where he'll just be telling me a story and, like, I don't want to make him nervous, but I, I want to, like, record this story for future reference. And so, so like... You subtly turn on voice so memos? I do <laughs> subtly turn on voice memos, which, you know, I would never share that with anybody. But it's it's really nice to just have those stories where he's being, like, very authentic and everything. I'm just thinking so. you should just come with a little, like, disclaimer that you wear, like... <laughs> I may be recording this interaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's really cool, though. I might. I think I want to give that a try. What about you, Donna? Um, well, I used WhatsApp a lot in in, in India, and um, last time I traveled internationally, WhatsApp didn't have the fe- the feature that you could actually make calls. It was just messaging that you mm. could do over Wi Fi for free, and so I seem. It seemed like all the young people that I met in India use WhatsApp instead of paying for a cell you know cell service. 
And so yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I feel like um, I mean, I had a hard time finding great Wi Fi in India, but when you did, it's a free way to make calls and I just think that's really cool. So WhatsApp is good a good one for any time you're traveling out of the country, I would say. Great. Um, I discovered an app recently. Um, I'm a really big fan of Grammar Girl. Um, obviously, it's my job to spend a lot of time thinking about <laughs> grammar. Um, but she actually has an app called Grammar Pop, and it's a really great way for kids or even adults, if they feel that they missed out on this part of their education, to learn about the parts of speech. Um, it, you basically... Uh, in, in increasing difficult difficulty levels, uh, identify parts of speech, which sounds really dry and boring, but they manage to make it fun. You, you're kind of like racing against a clock and you get like coins. And, um, and obviously, as you learn more about grammar, the parts of speech become, it's a little more complicated than like, this is just a noun. But um, for kids who are, I think this is a really effective way. Grammar can be the most boring thing to learn like in school I mean at least they don't teach kids to diagram sentences anymore although mm -hmm. actually I think diagramming sentences can be fun but maybe that's why I'm an editor <laughs> but uh, I feel like this is a, a this is a really great way to to really not like play a game instead of being forced to like memorize grammar rules and so is it actually like kind of fun I actually played through all the levels <laughs> so I was just trying it out but um, it's actually fun yeah it's not – she's opening it up right now. It's not the most, like, slick-looking app. No, it's really not. It's a very basic app, but I feel like anyone who teaches a kid, uh, whether you're a parent and want to help your child or you're just a um, – you're I'm playing the game and trying to talk at the same time. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Yeah, isn't it fun? So you start by – you, you click the part of speech, right? And then you – or tap. Yeah, and then you tap the word that corresponds to the part of speech, and then you, you know, you, you can beat your high score, and you can, like, they're not showing up here, but you can get gold coins for rewards, and and so it's more fun. Oh, wow, this is really I, cool. I, I think I'm going to give this a try, just for the fun of it. <laughs> I know, me too. Yeah, no, Connor, it's always our, good to strengthen Connor your Carey, skills. our features writer on the web, uh, I showed it to her, and I was like, this would be so great for kids. She's like, no, I'm getting it. So, yeah, even adults can have fun with this app. It's cool. <laughs> that is cool. All right. Now we get to the part where Rayanne shows that she's really awesome at photography, and I admit that I'm terrible <laughs> at it, and hopefully learn some things. Rayanne is an awesome photographer. It's been a lot of fun seeing... Um, she's had a couple of different articles where you can see some of her work. Um, we'll post them in our blog post, which is iphonelife.com slash podcast, where you can find that. Oh, you guys are so nice. <laughs> yeah, if you read Donna the Donna's fitness tracker comparison that came out recently, um, mm -hmm. those photos of Donna wearing all of the fitness trackers were taken by, by Rayanne. And also when I did um, an Apple Watch review, Rayanne took pictures of my wrist and made it look very attractive. Thanks to Rayanne, my wrists look very attractive. So thanks, Rayanne. So, um, but we're specifically we're specifically going to talk about macro photography, if I can speak. Um, and so, what is macro photography, Rayanne, and why is it cool? Okay, so I love macro photography a lot. Um, it is actually um, so it's like extreme close-up shots of like subjects that you can't really uh, take pictures of like regularly with your phone like you you really require like a special lens for this but it's like so like close-ups of like insects and flowers and stuff like that so that's that's really what macro photography is I'm just remembering this time I went on a walk with you and we were just walking by this tree and I didn't see anything and you're like oh my god there's this teeny bug and you like stopped and made us all look <laughs> at it and I never would have seen it so I guess I it's like a different way of looking at I, things. I can't remember who it was in the company, but somebody, when I first started here, came across me like laying on the sidewalk taking a picture of a bug, and it was like kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I had just started here, and I was like, oh my gosh, they think I'm such a loser. <laughs> but yeah, this is cool. Like, I feel like there have been a lot of times with my iPhone, you'll see something cool, you'll get your phone up as close as you can to it and take a picture but it still doesn't really capture it right it, it it your phone can only get so close to something before it gets really fuzzy and it can't focus on it 
Yeah. So, so this just where... magnifies the world, basically. Right. So that's where, like, a macro lens comes in handy. So if you if you like taking pictures of things like flowers and bugs and lizards and cool stuff like that, because I love those things, <laughs> um, then a macro lens is really awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what macro lens do you recommend? Okay, so I've looked into this a lot. Um, I've been a user of like Oloclip for a long time, and so I love Oloclip. But uh, one thing that I have noticed is that Oloclip, especially with their you know newer lenses, um, it requires that you have a special case. So you would have to ditch like your favorite iPhone case in order to mm. to use Oloclip's lenses. No. Exactly. So that's really sad for a lot of people. And so I've looked into it, and there's another set of lenses that I really like and I've been able to try out, and they're by Moment. And they offer a um, they offer a telephoto, and they offer macro lenses, and so that's really exciting too. What's but, a right, telephoto? Okay, so it like zooms in. So mm. with your iPhone, you're kind of limited. Like if you zoom in on your iPhone, you're going to like decrease the quality of your, your image a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's where like having a telephoto lens for your iPhone is like really cool because you can like zoom in on subjects without necessarily like ruining the quality of your photo. So nice. isn't that what a macro lens is doing though? Or well, is it no, a macro lens is different. Um, a telephoto like is able to get shots that are far away. But a, okay. a macro lens, it doesn't necessarily zoom. It just allows you to get, like, really, really close shots um, of things that are near you. Yeah, so I guess it's the difference is zooming versus right. magnifying. Right, exactly. Interesting. So how, do, how are they different in terms of how they actually clip onto your phone? Okay, so, so Moment has, like, a special um, little adhesive, I guess, but you don't have to necessarily, like, ditch your favorite iPhone case, to use the moment lenses. Um, Adhesive, that scares like, me. I know, yeah. <laughs> I know. It is, it is a little scary. And so that's that's the downside, I think, for a lot of people. Um, I've tried it out personally, and it's never, like, messed up my phone. Like, I'm able to peel it off when I want to and stick it back on. So I haven't had a problem. But I, I see the look on people's faces when I when I suggest <laughs> Say the word adhesive. <laughs> yeah, but but in general, I've I've been using Oloclip. Um, I don't I don't mind using their cases and and how does Oloclip work? That's different. Okay, so Oloclip, uh, it Oloclip has like multiple lenses like mm-hmm. attached usually. Mm-hmm. Like they have like a they have a macro set that I've tried out that has like different magnifications, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Uh, Moment just has one. Uh, magnification so that's really cool that's that's something that Oloclip offers that I thought is really neat and then they just have like a lot of other collections and what you do is you slide it on top of your uh how do I describe this so you slide it onto the case and then you can slide it off when you're not using it Mm. but you need you need a special case and a lot of people have complained that the Oloclip case isn't necessarily protective enough to make them feel comfortable. Well, especially if so. you're out taking photos. Right. Yeah, because it seems like macro lends itself well to nature shots from what right. you're saying. So. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. So um, I guess besides a macro lens to do to get these shots, what other gear do you need to, to be like a serious iPhoneographer? Uh, you know, I, I would say a tripod. But believe it or not, I don't like carry a tripod around with me everywhere. Like it's, <laughs> it seems nice in theory, but I just, I don't happen to carry a tripod in my purse everywhere <laughs> I go. Like, Why not? It sounds so not bulky. Right. That, the Gorilla Pod is really nice, and it's really discreet and what, small. What is the Gorilla Pod? The Gorilla Pod is like a little uh, bendable tripod, and it's mm. it's really small, and so like carrying that around um, is really easy, and so I would suggest that. Uh, and uh, what's the benefits of using a tripod? Okay, so the benefits of using a tripod, um, especially with macro photography, is that you have to be really still when taking uh, shots. And so if you have a shaky hand, uh, you're not going to be able to get a clear shot. Um, mm. And so that's where a tripod comes in handy. But you can also, like, prop your hand up against um, objects and, and stuff like that to help you get a clear shot. Or just, like, go on, you know, take pictures in burst mode and hope that you got a clear shot as your hand is shaking around everywhere. So there's other options, but uh, but a tripod is really nice to have. And, oh, do you want to let us know what the price range is for some of these? Oh, okay. So so Oloclip, I believe, is $79.99, um, mm-hmm. and 
that's for like a lens set that has like four different lenses. So that's like a pretty good deal. Um, Moment just offers one lens and each lens is $99.99. So Mm -hmm. that's also a little bit of a difference there. Um, I guess you're able to get more options with Clip for a lower price point. But the Moment lenses um, do have higher quality. Uh, They take higher quality images. Not by much. Um, You know, not enough that I'm like, oh, I don't like Clip Mm Because I still still love Clip and I like the multiple options that I have. But but moment lenses are are a nice option. Cool. And the Gorilla Pod is like thirty dollars or something, right? Or is right. it right? I'm I can't remember exactly how much that is. We'll and post that. Yeah. Right. So it sounds like you don't really need that much gear. I mean, especially if you compare the price of a DSLR or some other expensive right. yeah, camera. Yeah, exactly. You're able to take some really cool shots for just like less than a couple hundred dollars. Right. That's cool. So how would you? How important would you say is it? Like, is gear, having the right gear versus just having good technique? You know, I've actually had a lot of friends who get really excited about the idea of photography. And so they purchase, like, lenses and they purchase a tripod because they get excited because I'm excited about it. And then they, like, take pictures and they get really discouraged (laughs) because they don't turn out, like, how they're visualizing. Like, they thought, oh, if I get these lenses, I'm going to take beautiful photos or right this is sounding familiar (laughs) seriously so so people get really discouraged and and honestly it shows that like gear is really convenient especially with macro photography um it is really nice to have a macro lens because you can only Mm -hmm. get so close to a subject without one um but it definitely will not make you a great photographer it takes a lot of practice and I'm still learning like there's still (laughs) a lot of stuff that I don't know um and so it just takes being – I think the technique is what's most important in a lot of ways. And I know so many people say that, but it's so true. Yeah, let's get into the meat of this, like yeah. giving people tips on how to actually – How do you take good photos? Yeah. How, how can I take good photos? <laughs> well, I feel like – I really need to learn that. I feel like it, it depends here. Are we talking about how to take good macro photos or how to take good photos in general? Like if we're sticking to, to macro here, it's Yeah, let's stick vary. to macro. Yeah. Okay, so – um, so lighting is really key, um, in a lot of ways. And that's something that's like enforced by, you know, great photographers over and over again is like good lighting, good lighting, good lighting. A lot of times people think that like indirect sunlight is good for images and then are confused why the images don't turn out really well or they're like super overexposed. Mm-hmm. And so like just, um, Times of the day when the lighting isn't as harsh, like when the sun is rising in the morning and when the sun is setting in the evening and, Mm. you know, times like that. Or even just like finding a shady spot when it is like midday. um, That's that's good. And, um, hmm, there's like so much I could offer here. I'm like overwhelmed. (laughs) So direct sunlight. If you're in direct sunlight at midday, what what effect does that have? It just looks washed out or like... It creates like very harsh lighting. So like a Mm. lot of contrast where it'll like uh, make images too bright Mm. or it it kind of like diminishes the the detail of images because the lighting is so harsh on them. And especially with things like macro photography, like where you're taking pictures of like, you know, flowers and bugs and all these other delicate of these very like tiny small things um those details are important because a lot of one of the things I love most about uh macro photography is that I take pictures of these little creatures or or of flowers and they I am able to see details about them that I never noticed before and so like you know it's it's important to be able to to see those details that's what makes them Mm. so pretty what Um, about like composition maybe like for macro photography? Hmm. You know, composition is something I've actually never really thought about a lot. Mm. Like, I know it's I know it's taught a lot, but I don't put a lot of thought You don't into, like, you're like, okay, well, these are the thirds or these right. are the, like, I never, right, the angles or... <laughs> I never have, no. I know it's important, but um, I it's not something that really crosses my mind. I just think, oh, it looks good this angle versus this angle so and it's it more sometimes intuitive depends. for you right it just depends on what you're taking a picture of a lot of times hmm. um I mean I know a lot of photographers encourage that you don't put your subject directly in the middle of the frame um that it's kind of boring and so 
that's something I guess I do notice I try not to do, just having like a straight on shot of something where it's in the middle. Try to get creative, get different angles, like, you know, so. Is this where like laying down on the sidewalk comes in? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I guess so. I guess that's where laying down on the sidewalk comes in. <laughs> that's funny. This reminds me of uh, someone I know, uh, their neighbor was a photographer who really specialized in taking pictures of, uh, gosh, you know, the bugs that eat the males when they're mating. Why can't I? Praying mantis. Thank you. I don't know. I don't know why I can't think of words today. Um, And so she caught him, like, crawling around in her yard at, like, 3 in the morning one night and was, like, kind of freaked out until she realized what he was doing. So if you think the sidewalk thing was bad, you know, like, (laughs) I'm glad I'm not alone. Um, (laughs) What are some of the challenges that you've faced that and like how did you overcome them with different photos you've tried to take maybe that would give some clues uh hmm you know at first I think it's like looking around and feeling very overwhelmed and not knowing what to take pictures of because especially when you look online you see these like gorgeous pictures of things that you would never think to take a picture of and so when you kind of like look around it's like it can be overwhelming you're just like I don't see anything that I would take a picture of like I don't see where all these like beautiful little gems are and Mm. So I don't know, it's just been taking like the time to really like look around and and appreciate the things that are around you rather than trying to mimic what uh, other people do. Cuz that's what mm. I that's what I really tried for. I had these photographers that I really admired, and so I would try to like replicate things that they had done. And and it just it never felt very authentic and it never the images didn't turn out to that level. But I've noticed that when you like really try to think about the things that you feel are beautiful and, you know, and then you choose to like take pictures of those things, then the image itself turns out a lot more beautiful. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. So (laughs) in a way it's kind of like a lot of the art of it sounds like just readjusting how you look at the world a little bit like you need to to spend the time to see what catches your eye and what might be interesting right and just being open to like okay what do I think looks nice aside you know when I'm not thinking about what other people take pictures of interesting it sounds like you can learn some life lessons there, like, yeah. you know, not trying, to, not comparing yourself to others. And It, it sounds really cheesy, but it's so true. It's like, it, it really makes a huge difference. So you don't ever just try to emulate their techniques just to learn new things? Or? Um, you know, I definitely try to, like, learn from other photographers. I, I'm definitely not saying that. Like, definitely learn from them and figure out the tech. Because you can try some of their techniques and the, the lessons that they've learned and apply them and see if they, like, work for you. It's more like the styling of images or, like, what people take pictures of. Like, you know, I've just – I've seen people um, take pictures of these, like, everyday objects and they're so beautiful. And, like, I would never, never think to do that. And so when I try to, like, replicate it, I don't know. It, it seems like you have cultivated, though, like, a certain eye, like – like, for instance, the example I gave of going for a walk with you and you saw that cool bug and I just was saw a bunch of, like, grass and leaves and was just <laughs> walking on by, you know, you, you yeah. obviously learn to look at the world in a different way than the average person would. Oh, well, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so what in your mind makes a good subject? Okay, I, I feel like this varies a little bit depending on who's taking the picture. And so it, it, this is a little complicated for me to answer. Um, because for me, the things that I really appreciate are the small little details around us that I don't take the time to, to normally appreciate. I, don't, I, I like taking pictures of like things like bugs, which for a lot of people, nobody is going to think to take pictures of a bug. <laughs> they're, mm. they're not as, they don't, they don't find them as like, you know, cute and, and cutest I do, I guess. And so I don't know, it kind of varies a little bit, but with macro photography, um, just any like a uh, little animal that you couldn't otherwise get pictures of. Like I've got pictures of like little snakes before and like lizards and you know cool stuff like that. I never knew bugs and snakes were adorable until I saw your pictures. (laughs) They are. (laughs) So yeah what um why does macro photography lend itself well to insects? Is it just because they're small or like what else? Well it, it okay it is a lot to do with the fact that they're small because if you've ever tried to take a picture of like an insect just like 
with your phone without a lens, you're not going to get a good picture. It's just going to look like a little, I don't know, just a very uninteresting subject. Um, So I think that's where, because it's something that you can't regularly take good pictures of, that's where macro um, photography is is really nice because you can you can take pictures of those subjects that you otherwise couldn't so that's kind of cool and just like flowers and being able to get so close to them because your iphone only allows you to get so close to a flower and so um for those who appreciate flowers more than bugs (laughs) you can definitely take some beautiful pictures of flowers also with a macro lens so one thing i've really enjoyed about seeing your macro photography is just that like playing with scale like I like some of your pictures of a flower in the center and, and the pollen and it's like at first you don't even know what it is that you're looking at and it takes some right. time to, and you're like oh wow that's that's a flower that's something I look at every day and you only see it in the context of the whole thing and so it kind of like freshens your mind in a way I think right because you're like and also just seeing that there's a whole like there's so much going on at a smaller scale that I think is really cool yeah, and I think that's also what makes macro photography really cool is just realizing how much there is around you that you are totally unaware of. So that's what's really, really cool about it. Yeah. So what apps do you like to use when you've taken these shots and you're actually editing them? Oh, goodness. Okay, so I feel like I jump between apps so <laughs> often. Like photo photo apps are like one of the most popular, and so there's always new apps coming out. Um, and so I tend to, to try out a lot of new ones, but right now I have InLight, um, which offers a lot of different options for editing. It even lets you combine images together, which is really cool. So if you like double exposures and stuff like that, you can, um, use InLight for that. Um, and right now I'm also using an app called Darkroom, uh, which I, I, it doesn't have as many options, but if you're just wanting like to apply a quick filter, then, you know, darkroom mm. is really nice. And so I tend to, to use that a lot just for like applying quick filters. But a month from now, I'm going to be like trying out a different app and talking about it. So I haven't quite, quite found one that I'm like super devoted to. I'm always open to like new apps. What do you always use filters or do you, or a lot of your photos do you not use anything for? Or? Um, with macro photography, I'll usually like increase contrast or like color mm. and and stuff like that so I I do I don't apply regular filters though it's more just like um uh perfecting what's already there and trying mm. to accentuate the things that make the photo mm. beautiful so when you say regular filters like you don't do like a pre-made filter you right. usually just like tinker with levels of things right yeah interesting okay. what about video do you ever do macro video Actually, yeah, that's that's really cool. I, I never even thought to take macro videos, but um, in, in one of my articles that's online, I, I have a video of like a snail that I took a picture of eating. Mm. Which, it's so cute. <laughs> which, was really, which was really interesting. And so it was like I took like a little um, uh, hyperlapse video of the snail eating. So it, it's really cool. You can take you can take videos. hyperlapse is an app, right? Right. So hyperlapse is an app by Instagram. Um, and so it like increases the speed of the video and like makes it go by really fast. And so, um, cause snails are slow, (laughs) (laughs) snails are slow creatures. (laughs) So that was, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely include a link so you can check out the snail video. (laughs) So why would you say people should use an iPhone versus like a DSLR camera? Okay. So I have a DSLR camera and I love my DSLR. There's just, your iPhone can't really compare to a really nice camera. Unfortunately, your iPhone is really convenient and small and you can just like take it anywhere. Like lugging around a big DSLR has been like such a pain for me sometimes. Like when I'm hiking and I'm carrying mm. around this, like, big old camera, which, like, sounds really nice. But, like, after a while, I'm like, okay, my shoulder's really hurting. Whereas with, right. like, an iPhone, I can just, like, stick it in my pocket and go. And so I think for a lot of people, convenience has ended up, like, outweighing um, actual quality. Uh, I, think, mm. I think people appreciate more so the fact that they can just, like, pull out their iPhone and snap a quick picture. Um, yeah, there's a lot to be said for that. Exactly. So um, I would say 
with iPhones, that's like the biggest thing going for them is just like how convenient they are. And they're with us all the time anyway. Like we, we take our phones with us everywhere. Um, and even though I will always just like have a special love in my heart for DSLRs, they are mm-hmm. just like big clunky things and it's, you just can't take them everywhere. If I go to yeah. a theme park, I don't want to have to take my big DSLR or if I'm hiking, I don't want to take, it's just, or if I'm like even, you know, rafting or something like the chances of me ruining my DSLR are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas with an iPhone, I can put like a little waterproof case on it or something. So well, it's just... and even, I mean, iPhones aren't cheap, but when you compare it to the cost of even maybe one good lens, it seems like I'd rather drown my iPhone. Right. And yeah. I mean, I was looking up a really nice macro lens that I'm like dreaming of for my DSLR and it was like $1,500. I was like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, it's just like way too right. much. So you, is that another... Like with your DSLR, you can't just take macro photography. No, you, you can't. To... You have to have special lenses. Uh, right. Yeah, and then if you think about the cost of an clip or the Moment lenses, right? it's you know a much smaller investment. So if photography is something you're interested in, that seems like maybe a less expensive place to start. Right, exactly. So, And I mean, you're going to get great pictures you know, with your iPhone. You just can't. You're not going to get the same level, but they're still going to be really nice. You just can't like necessarily blow them up really big so just uh one thing to leave our listeners with uh what would you say is like your favorite macro photography shot you've ever taken oh um geez that's that's tough uh I actually when I went to California I came across a little snake and it like wrapped itself around my finger it was like a very tiny snake it was like and so I got a picture of that and I thought like it's my favorite so far it's just like this close-up picture of this little snake I thought oh. was really I'm like I'm trying I'm to be like, oh that's so cute about a snake but that's I'm what your macro photography is I'm trying me. to be very aware of the fact that as I'm talking about this snake so many of our listeners listeners are probably just like cringing right now just like oh a snake on your hand that sounds horrible so I'm I'm sorry but yeah it is my it is my favorite no, I think that's shot. great. You're helping yeah. us see the beauty and <laughs> beauty in all of nature. <laughs> well, thanks, Ryan. I feel actually a little inspired to break out my clip and maybe try taking some pictures. Um, I know. You? Maybe we should have a little company field trip out, like, <laughs> once it's a little... Oh, actually, snowflakes right now. That could be cool. Yes. Yeah, it's going to snow later. There you go. True. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I can't get any work done. I have to go try and take pictures of snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Um, a few things. Again, you can see our podcast uh, blog post if you want any details about what we've spoken about today. It's iphonelife.com slash podcast uh, if you are interested in becoming an iphone life insider you can go to iphonelife.com slash insider and subscribe or if you want to get the daily tip delivered to your inbox for free you can go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip um, we also have a magazine so if you want to subscribe to that and see Rand's photography you can go to iphonelife.com slash subscribe and anything else I'm forgetting, Donna? No, I'm impressed, Sarah. That was a mouthful. <laughs> I actually managed to get out all of the URLs without messing up this time. Great. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot for listening. See you next week. <laughs>